according to my lineup. Season two. Is it really? Episode number 42. That's actually a lot. I'm surprised it's that high. I can see it right here. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, Frank the Tank, and our very own Sammy McKee. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Wherever you're watching, listening, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet's YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, subscribing on iTunes or Spotify. We're glad you're here. Give us a rating and review. Hit the like button. We love all of that. Send us your social insurance numbers. Uh, Credit card. Yeah, whatever you got. <laughs> Information. We'll, we'll try our checks, best to sell cash. it. Make yeah. some money on the side. <laughs> We're doing our best out here, man. Help. We are. We are. Uh, hope everybody had a safe weekend. It was an entertaining one. Yes. Did we not? Justin, get a, a look into the crystal ball at maybe... Tampa Bay, Toronto, round two out of what we saw on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. It was exciting to see a team. I would say the contrast from the San Jose Wednesday night game or whatever night of the week it was to to Saturday was really satisfying to see a good team toe-to-toe. I thought both teams played pretty good. Good game. It was. And again, for just the thought of if I told you way back when – no Morgan Riley or Jake Muzzin mm-hmm. on the blue line. Or Brody. Yeah. To, uh, Brody. Yeah. Let's, yeah. <laughs> it's almost the forgotten guy. I know. He's back right? now. He's skating, though. But to tell you that 25 games into the season, we'd be watching Tampa Bay and Toronto in Tampa Bay and the Leafs holding their own, I, I don't think we would have thought that that would have been possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's like they've evolved to a team that you trust to play defensively, to hang with the good teams, to do the right thing. So different look at it for sure. I'm surprised that we saw, you know, Mac Hollowell for the fifth game. They got Connor Timmons waiting in the wings. And, you know, I think they've had success with their lineup and didn't want to tinker with it too the much. The Big Mac. The Big Mac. Sammy, are, are you okay with everything? Or is there just a part of you that goes, okay, but... And here's the butt. Mm. Six straight overtime game losses. How can that be? Not with the skill that they have. Those points that they've given up in the first third of the season that you will not get back when it's all said and done. Is that any part of you scratching your head yet again? Um, they don't have three on three in the playoffs. Actually, it's a good point. That's a bright spot. So that's good. That is really good. I, the I most OT losses in the league, boys. Boys, I said it after they lost that game that we went to against the Isles. It's just, it's at this point, it's full on yips. Is it just? Yips. It's like, yips. I love the yips assessment. It's, yeah, it's not. And, and you know how I feel about the pond hockey point. You, but. You think it's ridiculous? Well, I just think it's just, it's goofy right now to promote something that you would laugh right out of your most important time of the year in the playoffs. Like, you would never, ever, Mm -hmm. ever think that this would be a good alternative to end a game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're all in agreement on that, correct? Yeah. So why do we need it? Over 82 games. Because people pay their money, and they want to go home with a decision. No one wants to go see... Yeah, in the middleness. Then can we Gray, just purgatory? But, I would love three on three for ten minutes. W- then wouldn't you just 
That's my dream. Well, why don't we get get the guys all in a circle like they start uh, NFL games and, yep. and and toss a coin. This is and everybody gets different. to go home. And well, everybody gets to go home. At least we're getting tails a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say that this at least involves some skill. And uh, I don't know. Maybe the Leafs oh, don't have the horses for uh, this kind of match. I, 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 they've lost. So I'm looking at the standings here now. And the Leafs have played a lot of hockey. They've got three games. They've three, played three more games than the Bruins. And they're four games back of them, right? So the Bruins have 40 points. They've won 20 of their first 23 hockey games, which is just uh, sickening. But say the Leafs had won three of those overtimes, they're one point back. I know they're three games, but they've played yeah. through. But, like, this is going to matter. And we talked oh, about yeah. it before the well, show. Now that it's getting ridiculous, it's going to matter. It's real points now. If you're two and four or three and three, it's not a huge deal. They've but you're ne- 0 and 6 yes. or 1 and 6. It's a big swing. They've left six points on the table here. And they... So... Go ahead. Let's just get it out of the way and talk about the overtime because it was 20 seconds long. Bad turnover. Murray should have it. Anything else? Uh, no, yeah, there's a ton. <laughs> okay. There's a ton. Yeah, but right. before we do it, then, if we're going to, I was going to start st- off with an overview let's of the game. Let's start with dessert. What's that? Let's just start with dessert and talk about it. Let's, let's go it. to the three on three. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe for our first Kippers Clipper of the week on three on three. Okay. Well, it's, it's important because it affects the standings, right? So, I mean, obviously, we haven't talked about it, working on it. This is not one we're going to overthink. I mean, obviously, we can't give him the puck back and then. I mean, we need to stay there. Matt, Matt knows that, and he played a great game, so, you know, we'll, we'll let that one slide. So we're not going to overthink this one. But obviously, you know, overtime makes a difference in the standings, especially the way it's been going for us. So he all but said, hey, Matt, I, I know you've been awesome, but that yeah. goal sucked, buddy. Yeah, he's like, just I'm not going to bury you here. <laughs> of garbage, yeah. Matt. You need to be perfect. Yeah. I mean, he didn't want to make it a story about him being critical. He's like, eh, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. But yeah, I mean, he shoot it at him and he didn't catch it. You know what I found rather interesting in that little Kipper's Clipper? Huh. That he's willing to say Matt Murray's name, but he mm-hmm. wasn't willing to say the name of the guy that uh, can't give them the puck back guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, who was that again? Uh, Austin Matthews. So... We don't want to mention that Austin, by name, can't give up the puck. Right. I mean, obviously, we can't give him the puck back. And then... Who? Sheldon, who? That's a a coaching-ism, isn't it? To, like, paper over the mistakes of guys by being like, yeah, we... I don't know. I I think there's a number of guys that probably their name would have come up. You hate Matthews, eh? No, I don't hate Matthews. I don't hate Matthews. There just seems to be a little bit of protection on 34. That's all. And that was another example of it. And to me, as there should be. Okay. I'm not arguing whether it should or shouldn't. I'm just... Kipper, we... here all day, I guess. Kipper, we saw the week-long referendum when he threw them under the bus. You can't say it. You can't say it. You can say it behind the door. You can come in the first thing you, you say. The coach can't criticize. Yeah. First thing you say when you're behind closed doors, what the hell was that, 34? You got to be way more hard on the puck. You, gotta, you can't go to the media and say that. Say it to him. But there was a week-long referendum on him All scolding right. his stars when he did it. Anyway. So. I, you know, the, it's, it's a bad put. The OT in general is gross. Like, Sammy made the point that you could tell they had, like, practiced it that week. I don't know if we ended up with a Chris no, Cuthbert clip, but, but it's I, like. Cuthbert, yeah, he's like, oh, they actually practiced it this time. <laughs> <laughs> and they, like, bring it back, and they, like, have some structure to it. And then Matthews throws that absolute 
pizza. I just... It's so bad. I mean, he's back. He's skating backwards by the time the guy shoots it. He's back, but... And there are so many uh, times that we've watched various teams where it's, I would rather take it back in our own zone than give it up. It just seems for whatever reason that the Leafs think, and maybe Matthews and Marner got busted on one, what, two weeks ago? I, I Three weeks remember. ago, wasn't there an you overtime know, when, remember them when, all. when Marner had a turnover? The one where it went right up the middle. I think it was Vegas. Vegas, right? Could Riley right. Smith. Yeah. It just <laughs> seems like there is this feel that we have to end it here. Yeah. And just the patience to regroup. Yeah. Like I, I hate that look, by the way. I know. I hate but it. But you're right. When if you, you, but if you're in when, three and three. When, in, when, you're, when you gain the zone... And then you see nothing, and then you pull it all mm-hmm. the way back to your blue line. I think it's just a horrible look, it is. but I'd rather have that one than turn it over. You're right. It's like, I agree. I don't like watching it, but this is three and three. There has to be some strategy. You kind of wait for your way in. It is like a wait, wait, wait attack, and they're always kind of, I don't know, halfway poking, prodding. Like, like even take it to a shootout. Yeah. I like your chances with Tavares. I don't even know if they're good at shootouts. Have they got there this know. year? I mean, they haven't had a shootout yet. But like Willie and Tavares, Marner, Matthews. Just to throw back no to... No Kerfoot. No Kerfoot. No Kerfoot. No Kerfoot. Big Mike. Actually, last year, they he scored a shootout winner for them against Washington, Kerfoot I want to say, did? last year. Yeah. Was he the 38th shooter? Yeah. What were they at in the team? Yeah. So this is going back to uh, oh, Mike Wilnerism. Uh, he thing he loved to say is... That they could stand to be a little bit more chalant, you know. <laughs> it's like that. That overtime was a little too nonchalant. Like yeah. they think, honestly, this is what I. I feel like they think they're the most skilled guys in the world, and they don't have to try that hard in, in three on three, and it ends up. In it's the just going to come for them. I think that's fair. Okay, let's go to Sheldon Keefe on on sixty minutes yeah, and okay. where he thinks maybe uh, uh, this got the Leafs uh, not the extra point. I thought we played a good hockey game. Guys played hard. We scored uh, scored good goals at key times. You know, I thought our, it's, it's difficult. Our penalty kill gives up two there in the third period, but I thought penalty killing was outstanding, outstanding all game. Um, you know, they get one right at the tail end of a four-on-three, and then because we take too many penalties, especially those back-to-back to start the third, our penalty killers are exhausted and. In the last few seconds there, we have to use guys that we normally wouldn't use, and that, that one ends up costing us. But um, you know, aside from the penalties that we took, I thought guys played a good hockey game, gave us a chance to win on the road, and you know, the, the bounce back uh, with a huge power play goal to ensure us to get a point. That's that's big. So it was a good effort from our from our team. You know, the uh, admit- So it was the Kucherov goal he's talking about. Holmberg got caught out there. And, uh, uh, no, the uh, not Which the Kucherov one? one, the one that Colton scores at the side. Colton, that's right. And there's yeah, there's Hollowell, Holmberg, Engvall out All there. Caught either in the middle or on the other side of the rink. Yeah, uh, Hollowell made the guess that the puck was going to go behind the net and kind of started a little bit of chaos. So yeah, uh, who took the penalties? Was that Bunting as well? We we had those Bunting stats on penalties. This guy, do we have this in here? Bunting has been on for. Or he has taken six more penalties than any other Toronto Maple Leaf. But he has also drawn eight more penalties than the next highest Maple Leaf. He's involved in everything with the officials. Yeah, but let's not forget the ask 
on bunting is different from almost any other player in their lineup. He is the one guy willing to go rub his nose into someone else's business Mm -hmm. or at least uh, get engaged in that kind of look. Yep. And we don't see anybody close to that in that lineup. So eventually, when it's expected of you and the referees are looking for it, it's easier to pull him off the ice now. Yeah. Yeah, he's taking more penalties. He's still drawing quite a few, but you're right. Well, when you consider that part of when he's going to do his next contract, that's part of what he's involved with. He is a S disturber. He's he's in the middle of things. So, yeah, I guess you kind of take the good with the bad with bunting in that regard. Um, overview of the game for you. Did, did you like Keith's assessment? I, I thought, yes, I did. Yeah. I did like his assessment. I, I thought the guys played hard. Um the one thing that has been noticeable, which continues to be noticeable for me, mm-hmm. is that they've vastly improved their play without the puck. Yeah. You know, and at times, I think Saturday night, I did. we all noticed that this game, and Sammy, you can back this up, but this is the game where you go, okay, they need Morgan Riley now. Yeah, right? yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This is the game where you're like, Boy, it would have been nice for 44 to go back out there and just skate the puck out of yes. the zone. Yes, that was my biggest takeaway in terms of what the Leafs struggled with in that game was their inability to break the puck at any of their defensemen. Like I, did, I thought, how many times did Mark Giordano do that move where he like flips it to center ice and kind of hopes like this just had, a like, punt? Flip. Yes, like, and he, you I skate think, into it. They must have taken. I didn't. I wanted to go back and count. I don't know if there's stats for it, but there had to be at least 12 or 13 icings in this game. The amount of times the Leafs yeah. ice to puck. It was yeah. just, it felt like they had such a hard time. And that was probably Cooper telling them, saying, listen, you guys are big bodies. Go in there and lean on their D, man. Make them make a decision. I don't think Hollowell was particularly good. And I think that's kind of reflecting why he's maybe out of the lineup tomorrow night. Maybe see Timmons in. But uh, I have to say, from a Leaf fan perspective, the parallels to the last game they played in that building were stark. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, they go into the third period with a one-goal lead. couple... Ticky tack calls that call on Marner off the faceoff. Sure, he trips Kucherov him a little, little bit. Standing there, yes, shoots it in the net, and then Kerf. Even it didn't cost them, but even Kerfoot took a penalty a hundred feet from his own net. Yeah, in the offensive zone behind the net, and then they lose in overtime. I, I it was a yeah. little bit of a bad dream game, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like it felt like I was reliving a really painful moment. You guys didn't feel that at all. Yeah, but, no, I, I, oh, I, I did. I had the, the Kucherov yeah, thing in it, particular, it, but. From beginning to end, you're right. It had that kind of playoff kind Big of time. feel. Where all these moments were amplified, it felt like. Like, everything just felt like you're noticing these moments way more in this kind of game than you are, like Borny said, in Wednesday against the Sharks. Yeah, you're picking apart the little details because they come back to matter, right? Exactly. Justin Hall played 26 minutes, team yeah. high on, on the Leafs, and was on the ice killing penalties for more than Pontus Holberg was on the ice in the whole game. He's on the ice for eight and a half minutes of PK time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's too much. That's too much Justin Hall. Love the guy. Not ever does. I'm a fan. That's too much Justin Hall. But what else are you going to do, I guess? Little thin. Was there any part of you that said that uh, you, the Leafs need to get somebody in that lineup a little bigger, a little heavier at all. That's the only thing that I saw yeah. that would I would watch and think. And, again, I'm, I'm saying, can the Leafs 
play this team seven times and think that this time they're going to come out on top. Yeah. That's the only thing. And now I'm watching Maroon, uh, Belmore, and uh, Corey Perry. I mm-hmm. thought they had a pretty good game. Yeah. And I thought they they had pucks in deep. They were able to use their size a lot. Yeah. And that's where I think it's still tilted. Kalorn's big, Paul's big, you know, they and even smaller guys and like Point is feisty, Aston Hagel's Reese feisty, Sorelli's feisty. Aston Reese didn't give him a pre, uh, a presence on the bottom like yeah. I, I, you, you would have hoped. And I just I don't know if if the Leafs are are ready physically to play that team again for seven. Yeah, is there is there one or two different bodies they still need there yeah. that would help you con- convince you that they can physically go against this team i think so i, I think so sammy that's, i don't know that's you, the one thing that i noticed it, to me like during the broadcast again cc and simmer were talking about how incredibly close that playoff series was last year remember it was the shots were one off the scoring oh, the, chances the were one of the off seven games the, was goals, like a hair. the goals were one off and i've just kind of was sitting there thinking to myself watching the game that it's going to be these two teams in the playoffs it's going to be like that where it comes down to one bad call, one bounce off somebody's ass into the net in overtime, and it's just going to be the exact same thing. Yeah, I, I don't want it to That's, come down to yeah, one bounce. You, you know, I want to I, I want to try to give myself a can chance. Can you win to, a series 4-1? Like this there's is just the no chance they're beating this there's just no chance they're beating this team in less than 5 games or 6 I, games. I don't know. There was a moment in that series, maybe it was in game 5 when they when they won where it felt like Tampa can't go anymore. Do you remember like the injuries felt like they were mounting for yes. Tampa? They were at the end of these you know long playoff runs. And I remember people talking was about Point the difference. Laboring by then. Yes, he was. And it was like, I think it's just too much for this Tampa team. I just don't think they they you know, and all of a sudden it's two months later than the cup final. But you know, that I can see you getting to that point again, and you don't have to play seven games. You don't even have to play six. So yes, Kipper, to your point. Are there additions you can make to stop well, it before it gets there? And I think there are some of the rumors, you know, about what the type of things the Leafs are looking for. That sounds like a bit of a grumpy guy would be good. They'd yeah. like someone with a... And the one thing I I thought the Leafs might have been able to kind of correct at the beginning of the year is that feel like they just know who their fourth line was going to be. Yeah. And that you can groom them through the months of November, December, January, and really gear them up to have this great role yeah. uh, in the in the playoffs. And yet now we're, we're like looking and we don't know. They play in Dallas tomorrow and we think like the fourth line could look something like Dollar, Austin if you say Reese, it. Say it. Holmberg, say it. and Semyon Der... Argue Chinsev. Pretty good. Not so bad. Yeah, I, I can't I, say There's it, an so. N in there, Argon Chinsev. But from here on in, it's <laughs> SDA. Yeah, like a contract, henceforth, SDA. <laughs> okay, pronounce it, please. <laughs> Semyon Durargan Chinsev. And I'm sure his parents would be offended by how I just said it, but I think that's how we're saying it. And we expect him to be here. in the lineup, Yeah, on the fourth line, trying to establish a, a new look for the Leafs. Yes. So... Reviews of this kid are glowing from the Marlies. Uh, great skater. Great like, skill. More skilled than Mulgan and, uh, and Robertson. Yes. Uh, I believe the phrase was like trying to pin a fish down in the corner when he yeah. has it. But the, it, it's, 
in the past he hadn't been competitive in the way that you need to be when you're small or How track small? and defend. Very small. Uh, How small? Nah, he's just he's competitive now. He's working hard. Like play handball against the curb? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's uh, 168 pounds or so. I don't know. 5'8"? Five, five, nine. Five, nine. He is listed on Hockey DB, which is one of my favorite websites, at 5'10", okay. 173. Okay. All right. So five yes. nine one sixty. So uh, a more skilled Malgin. Yeah, like you know, like can do. You know the way that Rob Shrimp, Robbie Shrimp, do you remember him? Like couldn't, sure. couldn't play in the league, but was clearly just a, like absurdly talented. He's absurdly talented like that. Like can do unbelievable things with the puck. Um, but this year has been consistent and tracking back and forechecking and doing those sort of things. So give him a chance. Is this is this like a, a two thousand and twenty two? Typical fourth line guy who just has to sit there until he gets his chance to be a top six guy. This is the the question. Does he think he's a top six guy playing now on the fourth line? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, right. He's not going to be a fourth line guy at that size and skill set. That's not, you know, him and Robertson played together in Peterborough. You know, top power play unit. You know, familiar with one another. I just, you know, Kipper, you talked about the fourth line identity and you knowing what they are going into it. Like, we're doing that thing again where it's like, maybe they're going to have a small skilled fourth line and that's the idea. I just think it is experimenting time in the season, mid-20s or whatever it is, game 26, but boy. Bingo. To yeah. me, that's what this is. That, like, they've made enough headway here now in the last month of November where they won pretty much all the, where they had 25 or 30 possible points in November that they have enough breathing room here now, I feel like, to give a couple more guys a try. A couple of carrots, right? Just to see what they're doing and then kind of assess. Listen, this isn't their bottom six of going into the playoffs with. I, I don't. I, I really don't believe that. I, I yeah, I, I don't either. I think there's a chance this kid, they, they think, can he pass the other small guys but, but we have? If we, we're going to have a small, skilled guy, yeah. can he be but the one? They want sample sizes to know if, if and when they draw on him again. They want to know what they're working with. This, this, is, this is the start of that. This is the thing, though. So then, like, how do you find out? Because they're the fourth line as it currently is. Like, they're going to play, what, eight minutes and then expected to go do skilly things. I think it's so much easier to be called up as a third or fourth line guy where if you pump it in deep and get after and forecheck and go sit down, the coach goes, I liked him tonight. Holmberg, for example. What have the expectations been for him? No one's gone, oh, what does he do with the puck? But for this kid, he's going to play a few minutes, and he has to do something. It's a hard, hard role to come in and look good, I guess is my point. We've got a great show here in about, uh, what, uh, 25 minutes. We're going to welcome in Shane O'Brien. He is, of course, of uh, Missing Curfew podcast, former NHLer. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the Leafs and other things around the league. Adam Oates will be joining us in the uh, second hour, former NHLer. And one time consecutive streak man mm. how many games sammy i think 20 20 and 22 or 21 i want to say that he has i'm looking at it right now he's got a 21 gamer and a 20 gamer Ooh, in his career that's nice. nine players have streaks of 20 games or more going back 30 years so, just nine players so he, to him. he he will know exactly what mitch marner is going through of course saturday night didn't take mitch marner long what to goal. stand on his own, above my hero, Daryl Sittler, above Ed Olchuk. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe on Marner.
Yeah, yeah, it was. And it, it, just how the goal materialized, too. You know, he, uh, you could almost see it, see him computing it in his mind before it happened, where, where he sensed that the their guy was maybe in a little bit of trouble. He got a little bit of luck, uh, a little bit of help from the referee there, but he felt that he could put a little pressure there and create a turnover, and it's exactly what happened. And, and then see him get rewarded and secure the record and all that kind of stuff. It's it's great to see Ray Wall deserved. He was excellent again tonight, and you know, no coincidence that you know. The, He's in the box when they score. They finally get their first uh, power play goal for us. That's a heck of a goal. Camp yeah. makes a nice play too, doesn't he? He did. But Marner to get the initial puck and yeah. beats the goalie there and makes that play. I know if it was the Leafs on the other side of that, we'd be burying uh, Sergachev. I don't know. Their team he had a, a rough night, eh? <laughs> their team was a bit of a ty- uh, tire fire down there. But, yeah, great play by Kampf. Marner shooting the puck. He's got a bunch of goals now in this stretch too, which is nice. Nine, nine goals, 17 assists over his 19-game streak. Yeah. You're going to accuse me of jinxing this or not, but I think this has some legs to really run. I do too. I think if... I was a betting man. Yeah. Which I'm not yet. No. Nope. But maybe one but day. But you can play on an app for free without money called Next. <laughs> Download it in the App Store. Kipper owns the product. But it's right. amazing. Check it out. All right. All right. We'll get into that <laughs> some other time. But I do believe that, you know, with the threat of their power play and the way he's playing right now, that there's a, there's a chance that this thing could go a lot deeper. It's just particularly for me, it's guys with vision. That was actually, I sent you guys the list of the nine guys who have the long streak. It's a lot of guys who are set up men. A lot of guys who are, you know, involved in getting the puck, distributing the puck. And for me with Marner, who's he going to play against where he doesn't get the puck to some good shooters, some guys like John Tavares? You know, he's always, he's just around it all the time. He certainly has, you would have to be unlucky, it feels like, for him not to get points. So, yeah, I can see it. And how about tomorrow night? For the first time in NHL history, Two people with consecutive point streaks of 18 games or more are playing each other head-to-head. Jason Robertson has an 18-game point streak right now. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not a Leaf. (laughs) He's not. (laughs) Such a good point. But but anyway. That is... that's pretty cool. Robertson has 33 points over a streak or something. 35. He just score, 35. 35. He just scores. Just scores every time he's 24, 24 goals in that... Or 23 goals in that time. Just... On fire. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, it's Dallas, though. All right, let's get Mitch Marner <laughs> on his uh, on his breaking the record Saturday night. I mean, it's cool. Like I was saying to you guys earlier this week, man, um, I grew up in this city. I love being a part of this team nowadays. It's special to me. It's special growing up to watch this team play hockey and now to have my name in something um, pretty amazing. It's, uh, you know, it's hard to, ex- hard to describe, but... Like I've been saying to you guys, man, it's not a one-man effort up there. It's five-man. That was a great effort by Dave there on that first one there. And, um, you know, just trying to go out there and help this team win games. And um, unfortunately, we weren't able to do it tonight. But, um, you know, a lot of love to my guys for helping me achieve this uh, accomplishment. That was good. Yeah, really nice. For sure. Very. Did you catch the nowadays <laughs> yes, comment? I did. Did you guys both mention that? What, do you, what am I missing on that? Um, well, yeah. now it's fun. Okay. <laughs> It wasn't earlier. Before a days, not so much fun. <laughs> Nowadays, it's fun. Before a days, I'm putting that in my dictionary. I like that. 
Yeah. Nowadays, Nowadays things yeah. are all right. Yeah, now it's good. When we were 4-4-2. Four, four People the, aren't killing me right now. Yeah, it's fun. The before times were dark. Yeah, nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> nowadays things are good. Yes. And nowadays you can have a fourth line of Semyon Argachinsev and Nick Robertson and, I don't know, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, why don't we get uh, Keith on Murray? I want to go back to Murray a little bit because he did get clipped. Yeah, that's something too that we. I don't know if we want to pair that to overtime at all, but it was ten minutes to go in the third period where he took a bit of a ding in the old noggin. But anyway, okay, let's go to Kiefer. Yeah, I thought he was great. It's not. It's a challenging night for him. Lots of lots of tough saves. Lots of special teams and. You know, they, they put a lot of traffic in front of you, too. So, obviously, he's going to want that overtime shot back. And, it's you know, he hasn't let one in like that all season. So, that's a that's a tough one to end the night for him. But, uh, you know, he's great and obviously a great goalie going the other end, going at the other end. So, it was a pretty good battle back and forth between the two of them. That's the type of goal that we saw a lot in Ottawa last year. Mm-hmm. And that was the type of goal that scared the crap out of Sammy to start the season. Although Sammy was a true believer, I'll take the brunt of was I was afraid. Oh no, I was terrified after. Oh, Mont- yeah. No, no, he was terrified Mont- too. Okay. The Montreal game was not good for anyone's psyche to start the year. And he was awful in that game. Just haven't seen it. Like yeah. to Sheldon's point, I mean, maybe the first first one since that. I think statistically, it's the first bad goal. Like yeah. in terms of like should not have gone in from there. Now, surprise, surprise, Corey Perry uh, buzzes by the tower. Yeah. And clips him. No, it was it was Stamkos that did it. Oh no, oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that dirty as, bastard. As much the as notoriously I, filthy Stephen Stamkos. <laughs> as much as I'd love to yes. say it was Corey Perry, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Stamkos. But do you think that had any type of effect on him to finish out the game? So I'm going to say no, but I am going to say I did notice him shaking his pull head. his head back into the turtle yes. a little bit and. Given the cobwebs yeah. a little dust off. So, yeah. yeah, probably didn't help his vision or anything. But now, here's the thing. Everyone has, gives it the best goalies in the Alicia Sturkin, bad goals. They they happen here and there. You'd yeah. prefer they're not coming overtime yeah. against Tampa Bay on Saturday night. But I will say this, though, that when you start getting into a, a playoff series, mm-hmm. And you know what the conversations are about this guy's crowding, a a, egg. crowding a goalie, getting him off his rhythm, bumping him a little bit. That's the one thing, the yeah. one knock on Matt Murray is that he doesn't like that stuff. You can tell, too. He gets pissed off at guys that are floating around the front right? of that quite a bit. I'll take that, though. Yeah. I don't mind a guy who's... What's that? He gets mad at people and chops them and, you know... The question is, is that... Can he play through it? Can he play through it? Yeah. And can he maintain his focus and find a way to not, I'll say it, get hurt? Yeah. Do you guys see the picture for celebrating Marner's 19th goal (laughs) streak or whatever? Like, there's the whole team gathered around Marner or whatever. And then, I don't know if you noticed, but Murray's, like, in the distance, just his eyes, like, angry and somber. Like, I guess he's not happy with how the game ended, I'm presuming. But, like, the whole team was around him like, way to go, Mitchie! You, you get a point off of the two-time Stanley Cup champions, <laughs> yeah, on uh, one road. year removed. And he uh, if he's not happy because of that, then I, I like his competitiveness. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you feel good that right now Samsonov's there, too. He, he will get bumped a lot more. Yeah. I think that's just uh, that's just a, 
you just know that's coming in the playoffs. It yeah. just changes on so many levels that you can never ever have anything in the regular season come close to what you yeah. see. Think about Vasilevsky, the, the way he fights through that, right? Like, he's so good. And I think because he's a big guy, and Murray's a big guy too, but differently. Murray's not thick like Vasilevsky. Um, yeah. So I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up because it was a huge talking point out of that game. But uh, thoughts on the officiating in that game on Saturday night? Wow, well, like, come on. Not a big how many, guy. how many total penalties did we have there? A lot. Like, 14? I'm looking it up right now, but there was a lot of penalties called. You just yeah, don't I got it right here, too, because I was looking up who it was that took the penalties at the end. Or seven or eight. <laughs> three, three in the yeah. third, four, five, six, seven, eight penalties for the Leafs. Okay, yeah. and Tampa Bay, they cut, probably had six or seven? Uh, yeah, six. No, no, Leafs, Leafs had five power plays. So nice of them to bring back the refs from the it first just, round last year. To bring them back. It just doesn't happen very often, like that that type of night. Do you think it is, you know, big game, two teams, hot competitors, the refs are like hyper in tune, like a little bit too much, like they don't recognize when it's it just, time. To- it just reminded me of last year where they called every tiny infraction for seven straight games and then didn't call a penalty for the rest of the playoffs. It kind of just brought me back to that a little bit. Yeah. And after everything they called in that, the ticky-tack – everything they called and then for them to miss the play where john Tavares turns back into oshawa Tavares, oh end to end and victor hedman legitimately puts his arm around him like he's his buddy at the bar and rides him <laughs> into the net yeah that, and, that, like, that, that one i could hell? not believe that yeah, he that literally was... had an arm off and it was like around the, his body and the, he kicks it i understand they can't call it but the reason he kicked it is because he got pulled down from behind like horse yeah. collar and then he moved his leg and well, no, he kicked but he, it as while he, he was, was falling. As back. he was falling, yeah. because he was pulled, he got kicked. Anyways, it shouldn't have counted. I'm just saying, like, it's just, I don't know how they don't call that. It's a massive game. It's a massive moment of the game. The puck's on his stick. He's going end to end. I don't. What, I have, a, what an effort, eh? Yeah. By I'm, the way, I have, it's, it's like I'm telling you, Tavares is is for a guy who isn't fast. He beats more people one on one when he's good. Yeah, yeah. Sneaky. He is really sneaky with the puck. Yeah. So, I don't want to be Mister whine about the ref because I don't feel like I really do it that often. No, you don't. And I just thought that they were particularly sketchy on Saturday night. And um, no, no, one more thing I wanted to say about the officiating. No call for um, uh, not Sergeyev. Um, oh my God, the Russian guy, the superstar on their team. Kucherov on Hall. On Hall. That was dirty. Yeah, that was dirty. Yeah, I not worthy no, of no a call? question. Yeah, yeah, worthy of a call. And then it wasn't one. No call, but. Hmm. No, <laughs> not worthy of anything else except a, a missed Should have been, boarding call. Could have been five. Well, they could called it. It was a two-minute. What was a, it? What was it called? I think it was boarding, but it could have been five. Was it, was could it? have been a call. Okay, yeah. Anyways. Could you, you thought inter- it was suspendable? Interference you thought it was Justin suspendable? I, listen, this guy's got, he's not, he's not exactly a, you know, a, not, like a nice guy on the ice. He's. Doesn't <laughs> sound like anywhere. He acts, he acts like a. <laughs> Yeah, he acts badly at all times. He's been suspended multiple times, I think. Like, I, this is the type of one that the puck wasn't there. He didn't look at anybody else. He drove him into the boards from behind. It's the exact try, hit you're trying to get out of the game. I could thought he could have got one game. You there. know what? Listen to this, though. Uh, all right. First period, Mac Hollowell holding against Nikita Kucherov. Uh, third period, Mitch Marner tripping against Nikita Kucherov. Uh, Timothy Lilligren, interference against Nikita Kucherov. 
there's a reason this guy is effective being that way, right? I'm not saying it's okay, but he's a little nasty. Guys don't like him. He draws penalties, and then he shoots it in the net on them. Really, really good. Third in the NHL in points right now. That guy is unbelievable. Power rankings of guys I hate the most in the league, he's top five. No doubt. <laughs> Can't stand him. What? Can't stand him. This oh. is Kucherov. I despise oh that God. dude. Hate him. Because <laughs> he's so damn good. So damn good. He's dirty. Yeah. He's just. Yeah, it's so it's you're like a the nightmare for the other side. Toronto Maple Leaf, jealous fan. Not jealous. Leafs have tons you of want him players. In, you want him on your team? No, thanks. That's how much I hate him. <laughs> I'll skip him in the draft. <laughs> Sam, you're the best. I, I hate him. Honestly, I, I love that. I just hate his guys. Do you want Nikita Kucherov in your team? If, if Hart you, Trophy winner? Kucherov Cup champ? He, I here, don't. Here's the other thing here is, is you try to win the division or knock out Tampa Bay or Boston, is those star players have that. 100%. I agree. And Leafs don't. don't. You're bang yet. on. No, you're bang on. No, not yet. Ever. I mean, Tavares is going to do that. He's, he's going to bury a defenseman in the boards head first. I know. Can Austin, after his Rasmus Dahlin cross check, I thought he would start. Austin, he hasn't no. yet. No, I know he hasn't yet. Really? No. Could they? Mitch, could they learn no. it? Could they develop a little bit of a Kucherov? Fu? Yes. Yeah. Stamkos. Yeah. There's a little, a little bit in them. I don't oh. think they're like. That's the okay. thing. I want to hate him, but I can't hate him. He's just too classy. He's too good. Pasternak. Sorelli for sure. Nick Marchand. Marchand. He'll do it. Yeah. I agree. And I do wonder, though, if... So th- my own experience as a player is that as I got older, I got more comfortable being like, you know what? Like, you know, I deserve a little more respect than that. And I, I would be more likely to go at a guy as I got older. You probably did, too. I figured it out, like, real early, I think, okay, when I wasn't scoring okay. goals. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, so I wonder, though, if they're, you know, these guys have been in the league seven years okay, now. Okay, so who is most likely to bury somebody no, headfirst in the boards? No, you don't need to bury someone headfirst in the boards. I'm just comparing it to what we I know, saw from Kucherov. Who's going to do what Kucherov did Saturday night I think on Hall? the only one eligible is really Matthews. because I don't disagree. Because... Willie is not in his nature, and I don't think you can poke that bear enough to make it his yeah. nature. Mitch is, I don't want to say he's too small because there are small, but nasty Mitch guys. But, but he, that's not Mitch's didn't game. Think, he didn't think that way. I could see it becoming a part of Matthew's game. We're just, you know, can we get him there? Let's just get him in here and poke him a little bit, stir him up. I don't know. Tavares? I'm thinking more Tavares and more. Is the, that- Tavares is the closest to once in a while tangling a bit and you accidentally on purpose fall on a goalie and drive a defenseman into the boards sure i agree that it is a missing element that the leafs stars are not jackasses if they were worse people it would be better for the team (laughs) i wish they're jackasses uh we tried our best to get cooper to tell us that sorelli was playing (laughs) friday without saying it I knew it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who, who's most likely on the least to do it? But to do period the, outside of the I core? guess bunting by default. Oh yeah, bunting for sure. But then who? Sandine. It's That's a just great pick. Not yeah. the way they are going to be. I want you. it to be. Let me let me just run through the guys They're who dressed beat the other you night on skill and speed and a power play and puck possession. Okay, we got like a minute. Can this guy be a jerk? Zach Aston Reese. No. No. Kerfoot. Once no. in a while. Marner? No. Simmons? Yes. Holmberg? We don't know. Matthews? We just did. Engvall? 
Yes. If we worked with, if I worked with him. Yes, I agree with that. Bunting, we just did. Camp? Could Camp be a jerk? No. Nylander, Robertson, doesn't matter. It's too small. No. Wayne Simmons, I'm watching him Saturday night, and I'm like, how hard can that be where you just get called every two weeks to play? So hard. Right? It's, I, yeah. it's almost like I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Oh, and go out there and be, you know, intimidating and tough and chirp the other team, and then we'll see you in two weeks. But also, the other part of that is that takes away your ability to chirp when you don't play. Because then guys bury you, right? They're like, buddy, you're yeah. irrelevant. You haven't played since October. You know, like it's, it, it really makes it hard to, to chirp. Anyway, we should go. All right, let's take a quick break. Shane O'Brien from Missing Curfew Podcast. We'll get his thoughts on the Leafs on Saturday night and maybe a little bit of Vancouver struggles. That and more after the break. Watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. So much to get into, including in the second hour, Adam Oates will be joining us. We'll talk a little Mitch Marner, executive point streak. Yeah. Adam Oates had a couple. Oh, yeah. How many do you think Shane O'Brien had? I think he probably got a 30-game point streak, would be my <laughs> guess. Just a guess. Let's ask uh, the co-host of uh, Missing Curfew <laughs> Podcast as we welcome in Shane O'Brien. Um, I think I... I once had maybe two or three. No, 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 not three. Who am I kidding? Maybe two. How about you? Uh, Kipper, I, I don't know. I guarantee you I had a few minor penalty streaks, Kipper. I bet you I had six or seven games of a minor. But I, I don't know about points, man. I, maybe two or three. But uh, a lot of nights I, I got a lot of minors in a row, Kipper. And I was like, when am I going to get through a game without taking one here? Nice, nice. Um, not sure how much you caught of Saturday night, Leaf in Tampa Bay. But many around here thinking, uh, yeah, they might be ready to do it all over again come April. Yeah, you know what, I, I didn't catch the whole game, but I caught a bit of it. But I, I did catch John Cooper's comments before the game with Ron McClain and the boys. And, you know, when a guy like John Cooper notices the detail that the Leafs are playing with and the details that their star players are playing with, and, and he says that, you know, the, the way they're playing now will help them in the spring, to me, that's the ultimate compliment. So I know the game didn't go the way they did, but if a guy like John Cooper is noticing the way the Leafs are playing, more structure, better playoff hockey, that's a good sign for Leafs fans. And do you feel any differently about their chances this year, OB? Anything uh, about the Leafs play that you like more or less? Uh, Borny, I, I wish I did, buddy. I just had Dougie Gilmer on the podcast, my <laughs> favorite Leaf of all time. And, you know, I'm from Port Up, Ontario. I, I just think, you know, I, I don't know how their goaltending is going to be come playoff time. Yeah. You know, obviously their back end's dinged up right now. And then can their depth guys... You know, can they perform come playoff time? I, I don't know. Eventually, when you have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander and John Tavares, you're going to win a round. Um, but do I think they can win the Stanley Cup? I, I'm still not a believer. You know, one of the things we were just talking about uh, before we brought you on was that th there's a little bit of an X factor that some superstars have that others don't. And that is the ability to maybe get a little dirty every once in a while. We saw Kucherov bury Justin Hall Saturday night. Uh, into the boards uh, led to a minor, but uh, uh, nothing more than that. And you look at Boston, and they've got still Brad Marchand with that element, that 
could he do something stupid out here? And yet, you know, the Leafs don't have that. Are you a big believer now that, you know, it's not a must for one of your star players to have that edge? Or is there still a sense, OB, that, you know, it'd be awfully nice uh, if you had that element of surprise from a superstar? Yeah, Kipper, I still think it's important, especially, you know, in a seven-game series. Um, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and Austin Matthews, he's a fabulous player. He's an unbelievable talent. Well, you know, watching him night in, night out, and you boys especially being in Toronto, you must appreciate it even more. But come playoff time, you know, and John Tavares too, uh, you know, he's a great player. He's an unbelievable career. But come playoff time, can he get a little dirty? Can Matthews get a little dirty? Can Mitch Marner get his nose dirty? Like, you know what it's like, Kipper, like, when you get into playoffs, everyone's got to get out of their comfort zone. And can these star guys, can they get greasy? Can they get dirty? Like, when I saw Mitch Marner with a black guy after that Winnipeg Jets game, I was like, here we go. This is what this guy needs to look like come playoff time. Like, just you got to get out of your element and, and play a little bit dirtier and let the other guys know that if push comes to shove, you will do something. You know, uh, I was actually going to be the perfect guy to ask about this. There are a couple big hits over the last little bit. Uh, Truba just laid out Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, and who was it? Darlene smoked uh, Nieto. Nieto. Yeah. Nieto. You know, and it, it just feels like so many guys are comfortable cutting up the middle, driving through the, you know, the right up the gut of the, the neutral zone with their head down because people don't hit like they used to anymore. <laughs> what are your thoughts on what's, you know, the uh, big hits like this and how rare they are? Yeah, I love seeing it. Um, you know, I got to give that Darlene credit. He, he plays with an edge. I don't know if he'd play with an edge if, if Kipper was on the ice back in the day, but nowadays he, he plays with that edge, so I, I got to give him that. And Truba, that's his game. I mean, he plays hard. Listen, the New York Rangers, to me, was an embarrassing effort. Losing at home ice to the Sens and then losing at home on ice to the Blackhawks. For Truba to step up and drill that guy, I think it's unbelievable. But the New York Rangers in general, they got to look in the mirror. And for me, it starts with their structure away from the puck. They got to start playing a lot better. Shesterkin can bail them out last year, and that's not happening this year. You know, the other thing, too, is I, th- I would believe, OB, it'd be a lot harder to have those big hits. Uh, the guys are more mobile, they, they move faster, quicker. I mean, even watching the Dalene hit uh, in Buffalo. And uh, you know what I marveled as much as the hit was his ability to match Nieto's speed with just skating backwards until yeah. he was ready. Like, to me, that, yeah. that stands out as much as anything else. And just how much harder it would be to time a hit like that today than he's even five or ten years ago. And Scott Stevens was the great at kind of catching you by the element of surprise. I'm not sure Scott Stevens would have been able to skate backwards like Darlene to lay out a hit like that. Yeah, I know. Kipper, you're 100% right. And, you know, from my era, I think of, you know, Phaneuf and maybe a Nicholas Cronwall that were so good at stepping up. And, you know, I was never a great open ice hitter, but, you know, when you come down inside the outside the dots and you're running out of real estate kipper, that's the hit that I miss, right? I miss the D coming over and finishing the guy in the corner. I get it. It's no longer the way they play, but I'm with you. That Darlene open ice hit, that's just a credit to how good his feet are. It'll be, you know, the name of your guys' show is Missing Curfew, and I was wondering if you think guys today go out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it happens anymore? I've seen a couple of post-Leaf Games video where the guys are like, let's go have some cocktails. I'm like, does anyone still do that? No, they play video games in the hotel. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I I think each era goes out. I, I think probably in the Kipper's era, guys went out more than my era, and, and now yeah. people in this era probably go out less. But I'll tell you what, I make a joke about this, boys, but Mitch Marner, you know, when he got his 18-game point streak and tied Sittler and Eddie O, 
He comes to the dressing room and the Leafs dump water on him. Steven Stamkos gets his thousandth point. The boys in Tampa are drinking beers and chugging beers. I'm just saying, boys. I know I'm old school, but Kipper, is there any beer? Is there any beer in that Leafs dressing room or what? There's got to be a case of multiplication somewhere in there. But they don't want the calories. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's not Nick even ultras for the boys. Forget about perception. They don't want the calories. Jeez. I know all that about from my playing days, Kipper, but I sacrificed the food for the booze when it came to calories. I said, I'll skip the meal here tonight, boys. Um, I got one more for you just before we move off of uh, Truba and the Rangers. Just uh, uh, the mere fact that he was willing to go after uh, uh, Brady Kachuk. And, uh, you know, not often that you see uh, two of the higher paid guys in the league go toe to toe, but. Uh, just your thoughts on on Truba again trying to just change it up for his teammates, wake them up, do something. I, I didn't mind it at all. No, Kipper, I loved it. Uh, I loved it on Brady Kachuk's part too. That's a kid I absolutely love. A kid that I believe, you know, that Ottawa Senators franchise can build around. I, I thought they would be off to a better start this year. The Talbot injury, I think, hurt them a little bit. But with Truba, you're right. Listen, the Rangers went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. You know, they were supposed to be good again this year. For whatever reason, they don't have that get up and go. Uh, and Truba's a leader of that team. And if you want to step up and fight the other captain, I think it's great. He always plays physical. And to me, there's not enough guys in the league that play that way anymore. One team I wanted to ask you about while we had you is the Canucks. Uh, you know, what a, I don't call it a tire fire. It's not good though, right? Like, I mean, you know, <laughs> lots of talent, contract situations are weird. Is Bo Horvath can leave? What are, what are your thoughts on the Canucks season and kind of where they stand in, in terms of moving forward? Yeah, great question. You know, obviously with Bo, he's having a great year. And, and you know, as ex-player, you always want to, you know, time it that year, UFA. And I'm sure him and his agent are happy. But when you look at the Canucks from a whole and, you know, poor Bruce Boudreau. You know, Bruce is such a great guy. And, you know, he goes in there and turns him around last year. And then they have a tough start. But my point being is they don't pay attention to playing defense. Like, how many times are you going to give up a two- or three-goal lead? And, Kipper, you know this as an ex-player. Before you sit in the dressing room and you look around and say, fellas, it's just not good enough. Like, we can't, they're blame, you can't blame the coaches. You can't blame the assistant coaches. It's the guys within. And, and they play a loose away from the puck. And then when they get up three, they think it's cookie night and they want to make it 6-1. And before you know it, they're down in the game. So, to me, it's a character thing. I love JT Miller. I think that's a guy you can build a team around. But for me, it's character right now in Vancouver. We're talking to Shane O'Brien, co-host of Missing Curfew, the podcast. Uh, touching uh, on Vancouver. Uh, Surprised to hear how Brock Besser all of a sudden is on the outside looking in here. No, you know what, Kipper, another kid. Um, you know, obviously a touchy situation with what you know his, his dad passing away and it was cancer in Vancouver, and I, I get all that, but it, it's bigger than just one game for Brock. Like, you know, I talked to, about comfort zone with you guys earlier in the show here today. Like, that's a kid that has one of the best releases in the NHL. You know, I don't know if I've ever seen him even get hit with a stick or a shoulder or, or, or anything. Like, you got to eventually go to the dirty areas and, and get out of your comfort zone and show that you care. And I don't know him personally. I don't want to attack him, attack him as a person. But as a hockey player, he just doesn't go to the dirty areas enough. And to me, he doesn't compete hard enough. Going around the league a little bit, uh, one of the topics of interest for us to chat about was uh, Jordan Bennington in uh, St. Louis and Kipper. And I know you were going to talk about it a little more later, but the I wanted to get your thoughts on how you would feel seeing the opposing goalie, I don't know, constantly going at guys, jawing, chatting at the bench rather than just playing goal. What are your thoughts on Bennington's antics in St. Louis? 
Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, throughout my career, usually it was guys like Luongo and Pecorini telling me to calm down, right? So I never played for a goalie that, you know, was like Bitter. But for whatever reason, you know, it definitely helps him come playoff time. He has a Stanley Cup ring because of it. It's a tough one for me because I love people that play with passion, but at the same time, you want your number one goalie to kind of be calm in any situation. But for Craig Berube to come out and say something, obviously Chief has seen enough. Things aren't going well. Uh, I love Binner, but it's probably time for him to just kind of concentrate on on playing goal. And they got enough guys in St. Louis can fight if they have to. Are you are you surprised at St. Louis's struggles, uh, the streaks, um, just the mere fact that they've got some tough decisions, starting with say their their captain on what do you do with him uh, as he goes towards unrestricted free agency? And we're talking about uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, you know what, Kipper, I love Factor. Uh, I met him when he was a young kid in Colorado, and I knew he was special right when I met him. Um, I'm not surprised. You know, the first three games of the year, they started off 3-0, and and I watched all three of them, and I was like, wow, they're lucky to win these games, and they're getting outskated. And to me, it's their foot speed. Uh, I still think they look, you know, they're chasing the game many nights. Their back end hasn't been as good as, you know, probably Doug Armstrong had hoped. Um, so tough decisions moving forward. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I will never bet against teams that have won a Stanley Cup. Uh, and with a captain like Ryan O'Reilly, they still got time to turn it around. Last one for me, Obi. Just want to get your thoughts on how the your podcast is going. How are you enjoying it? Is media life what you expected? Yeah, I, you know what, boys. I, I think I'm working harder now than when I played Kipper. I should have worked this hard <laughs> when I was playing Kipper. I maybe maybe wouldn't have to have a second career, but no, it, it's going great. Um, you know, we're actually trying to pull off a men's league tournament in Vegas, March 23rd to the 26th. So it's, uh, anybody out there in Toronto, if you're looking for a nice national league men's league tournament, go to missingcurfewcup.com and check it out. It's going to be a national league weekend. All three of us are coming. That's all you needed to say. Let's let's do it. Let's do it, Kipper. Let's do it. All right. One more for me. Um, and that's just your biggest surprise now, almost a third into the season, Boston at 20. And three, or Seattle at fifteen, six, and three. Oh, great, great question. I guess I'm going to have to go. I guess we're going to have to go Seattle for the main fact that I watched Boston play opening night against a banged up Washington Capitals team. But the way Krejci jumped right back in, Kipper from being out of the league for a year, I was like, wow, they got that second line center back. So for me, I'm going to say Seattle. I love the way they play. They play up-tempo. They can score goals. They can go forward. I still believe if they want to make the playoffs, I know that's crazy with the record right now, play away from the puck, structure. I sound like that old defensive coach, but they got to play a little tighter D. But Seattle's a great story. Wow, it sure is. Obi, thanks for doing this, man. We really appreciate it. Anytime, fellas. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Obi. Shane O'Brien. Great podcast, too. Missing curfew. Yep. A couple of classic hockey guys. Uh, were you a, a missing curfew guy? I actually was, yeah. You were? Right? Yeah. But oh, yeah. I know a make curfew. Now you got, is that all in your book coming out? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> when, when's your book coming out? Uh, February 14th. February yeah. 14th. Yeah, down and back it's called. Um, yeah, on Valentine's Day because it's so full of love. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, related to an important anniversary for me personally. All right. Uh, and just That's kind of cool. Books come out on Tuesday, so it happens to be Valentine's okay. Day. Okay. But uh, yeah, but I was I was more likely to make curfew and then go back out. You do the check in, take the call if there is one, room checks or whatever, and then you go back out. Did you ever hear that uh, Scotty Bowman curfew trick? No. Where he tells the bellman, the twenty four hour security bell guy at the hotel, to. Okay, uh, I heard this. Yeah. 
get the guys to sign an autograph stick for him yeah. uh, after curfew. Yeah. And every signature on the stick is busted. Yes. <laughs> Correct. That's incredible. I've never heard that before. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I know Lou Smart. Lamarillo had a lot of uh, a lot of tricks of that, you know, paying off the help or whether it's loitering himself around there or someone else. Uh, My rule of thumb is that you only break curfew with the best players on the team. It's a great rule of okay? thumb. Yeah. And when a guy like... There's 100%. If the whole team's if, there, you're if fine. Doug Gilmore, Mark Messier, Brian Leach, Rod Langway tell me it's good enough to stay out. I'm riding you know that why that's smart over anybody in management. You know why that's really if smart, too? my teammate too? wants me to stay with them, yeah. I'm staying with them. I'm not bailing out on them at a bar. I love the uh, logic. You hear, you hear teams say that you can have a bad guy on your yeah. team. It's fine. You can deal with that. Yeah. You can't have two bad guys. And so you don't, because they feed off one another, negative energy. Oh they st- hey. But I'm saying for the bad players... <laughs> If they're yeah. bad players and they're negative energy, you don't want to not be with those be, guys. You don't even have to be a bad player. You just can't. You cannot not be the most important player. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not breaking curfew with Al May, right? Because we're both shipped. Well, that's exactly We're both it. shut down. We're both, you know, well, if, Al is more important. If you're important. low in the lineup and you're a degenerate, they'll be like, uh, bye-bye. You know, bye-bye. We'll, we'll set an example here. Exactly. Exactly. You, get, you guys mentioned Brady Kachuk there? Mm-hmm. God, that performance at MSG on Friday night was yeah spectacular. It was H O R S and E for that horse of a hockey player. He ties the game late. He fights the other team's tough captain at center ice at Madison Square Garden. I thought of that too. MSG center ice square off, and then that's, he, that's big league. And he then he goes in on a breakaway. Just makes Panarin look like the softest dude on earth. Shrugs him off and goes five hole. One of the best backhand five hole. Not even like a, yeah the defending Vezina big trophy. Cut on his, big cut in his face. And they have to, like, they got to gain points now just to keep themselves. Sens. Yes. And I mean, with no disrespect to Ottawa for what you, purpose? You, you buried them though, right? Oh, I buried them. Cross off. Are they red? Mar- it's too late now. It's yeah, done. Sharpie done. I don't know. Oh my God, you guys! Let me let me pull up the standings. The only thing I can tell you is that we are in the streakiest yeah. era I've ever seen in the National Hockey League, and they have two wins in a row. If they polished off eight to ten in a row, would that be shocking to you in today's game? Okay, yeah, maybe. probably would be. <laughs> <laughs> probably, but not really. I am, uh, you know what? St. Louis. I'm going to hold off on the the big black sharpie marker oh, okay. X off right. for like a week. Okay, I'm going to hold off. They've won two in a row. Okay, so you get a little mojo going. They're eight points out of a playoff spot. I wouldn't say they have the hardest December schedule. Okay, they got the Kings tomorrow night in Dallas Thursday. That's a tough one. Nashville, Anaheim, Montreal, Detroit, Minnesota. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Winnipeg, right. Washington, Detroit again, Boston. And okay, I'm Washington, not going to cross Detroit. them off just yet, but by Christmas, I, where I'm going to make a call. You on, know who's on in sense. tough maybe for the next five games are Truba's New York Rangers. Why? Because they've got a tough schedule coming up, which I think includes Colorado, uh, Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. Take a quick peek. I am. And I think in game four or five, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They got, yeah, Blues, Golden Knights, Avalanche, Devils, Leafs. Okay. <laughs> so 
<laughs> Better so, beat the Blues. Where are you in five games from now for a team that has incredibly high expectations? Yeah. And a coach that is feeling the heat right now. The, the Rangers are actually a great case study uh, for analytics because sometimes these teams, uh, they just, they're unlucky and they're actually pretty good. The Rangers are okay they're, by the numbers. No, I'll tell you, no, they're better than they were last year are on they? things like uh, shot possession, attempts, yeah. shot attempts. Uh, they're very good defensively, according their, to... Their numbers are good. Yeah. They're not as successful as last year. Why? One player. Goaltender. Yes. Yeah. Shesterkin looks down to and earth. And he's like a 913 or something. I actually don't know what he is. but No, but it just gets to uh, he was so show you and tell year. you how good he was last year that he covered up and saved uh, their bacon on a number of occasions. It would bring he's me exactly great joy. He's exactly a 913. Wow. <clears throat> yes. Right? It would bring me great joy if they just stunk it up. So I'm not a Rangers guy. Sorry, but I... but. Yeah, they're better than this. They're better than their record right now. I expect them to start winning some matches. Now, the other thing before we go to break is uh, Athanasiu from Chicago had some choice words about Jacob Truba. I know he did. Do you? Do you uh, I have them. Would yeah. you like me to read them? Yes, I would. Uh, the words were, he's an $8 million man with zero goals. So he has to figure out how to do something when you're making that much. I, if you can't help the team, I guess you're trying to hurt guys on the other team. Yeah, I don't think that's it's embarrassing. I, I don't who, think who, that. Who, 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 who? Yeah, that is just not fair of uh, Athanasiu. I don't. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a cheap shot to him because yeah, I I, I like Truba. That was a marvelous hit. Yeah, there is no flaws in that hit. AA has just got to suck it up. Yeah. I mean, I understand being mad at the, the other side or not liking the hit or whatever, but first off, I do think it was a fine hit. And, and they're probably a little bit um, – they got some PTSD from last year when they when he nailed – what was who He nailed uh, Jarker on their team last year. And yeah. And it was like the whole stretcher situation. There's, so they, there's nobody that's had better open ice hits than this guy in the last few years. 100%. The thing is, he's like, yeah, he makes $8 million. So he's got to find something else to do. Exactly. Well, he, he did. Yeah, and – I I set, put out a screenshot on Twitter just for basically for myself to look at it, but you're skating in the middle with of the, the ice puck up the rink with your head down. Like, do you think it's my beer league? Like, what do you think's gonna happen? Jacob and this is the thing, people don't expect to get hit anymore. Yeah. Know who's on the ice, man. Just, Read the game sheet. Pal. I think it's such a slippery slope now for guys to comment on who they think is overpaid and underpaid. And I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, that you is know, an unnecessary, yeah. Should we, like, go back and take a look at your $3 million a year and find out for sure? If Estimate the value teams have gotten out of the... I mean, what, like, don't go yeah. there. And, and, you know, Truba certainly... Uh, is a guy that's probably seen more power play time on Winnipeg than he does well, now. I was going to say, Adam Fox is like the best defenseman in the league. You're not going to be PP1, so. It, it, Fox, I think, played 30 minutes. Fox has 27 points in 26 games. Yeah. And he's pretty so good. he's not number one power play. Yeah. And don't worry about what his job's offensively he's got 77 shots true yeah. he's not just sitting on the bench doing nothing i mean he's he's a contributor for them so i don't know i mean i just i didn't like that i didn't like where he went 
I don't untrue, hate but... the idea of guy a guy getting pounded then saying like, you know, F you, I don't like that guy. But yeah, it doesn't seem, it, it's inaccurate to say he's not earning any. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, Jonathan Taves that jumped in there. Yeah, right fought away, him immediately. Which was kind of cool. That's, that's a big man to go after when you're not necessarily a fighter. You know, Taves has fought though, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, he's got... He's got some edge I'm there. I'm sure he's double digits in right? fights in his career. I maybe, would... maybe that's the Leafs superstar with FU factor. Third line, John Tavares. Or sorry, Jonathan Taves is your center. You know where I said Colorado boys. Yeah. Can, could he not work for the Leafs? I mean, money, I know. I'm aware of the money thing. <laughs> but, I mean, if they did a whole bunch of fancy stuff, would you want him? Expiring fa- Taves? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I would never turn him down. What if Taves is, you know, because you said the Giroux thing, like, yeah. you know, these guys will have their team over yeah. a barrel. If they're like, send us a second and Robertson, can, I don't know. Can I offer you <laughs> a really hardworking penalty killer that just skates around like the wind? Is Alex this 47-0? Just skates like the wind. Flies around, boys. And you're, free up 3.5 Schmill. Yeah, and you'll pick up uh, uh, the cab fair to the airport right because you, oh, yeah. you drive yeah i'll drive you'll drive angle no, no i'll pay the gas i'll drive them okay angle yeah all right one guy we're uh not paying uh cab fare to is uh adam oats we've no, got him after him the waiting. break that guy gets a limo for having the career that he had adam oats coming up next we'll discuss the marner streak one that he's seen not once but twice in his career adam oats after the break you're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Justin Bourne, Nick Kiprios. Just talking about streaks. And our next guest had not one but two of them at over 20. It's wild. Wild. And, and he was, I, I think if if we talk about pure passers, mm-hmm. setup guys, and I mean, obviously Wayne's in a class on his on his own yeah. with a number of assists. More, more assists than the second guy had points. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just so He has Tiger Woods ridiculous. stats where you're like, okay, well, there's the, everyone else and then yes. there's this guy. But then when there's everyone else, uh, when it comes to, Pure passers, mm-hmm. I think of Joe Thornton yep. and Adam Oates. As good as it gets. You know, the list of people who have long streaks, there's a, some guys with great vision. Paul Stastny, uh, one of the more recent ones. Patrick Kane, Adam Oates. Um, Kane's on there a couple of times. Crosby, Matt Sundin. What was know. Matt's at? Matt's is the top of the list. Longest streak in the past 30 oh, years. Oh, Quebec. 30 games, 92-93. The with, same year that Oates had a It's hard to imagine right? that. That he didn't do that in the prime of his career with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he did it in those early years yeah. in Quebec. Hey, have you seen the pushback to us celebrating this streak at all? People, we got oats now. We'll talk about it later. People are mad because it's Toronto and we're making a big deal out of it. But as you see here, it's happened nine times in the last 30 years, so it's a big deal. Yes. All right. As promised, Adam Oates, former NHLer, 1,079 assists. That is incredible, including many uh, when it came to your consecutive streaks of not once but twice, 20 and 21 points. If I'm not mistaken, one came with St. Louis and the other one with the Washington Capitals, Otsi? 
Yeah, I think so, Kipper. Yeah. How are you doing, man? I'm well, buddy. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Um, do you remember those streaks well? Was it a big deal or was it one of those, uh, yeah, okay? <laughs> it, yes and no. It, uh, it's one of those where you get to a point where, ooh, I'm on a little roll. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to act like it doesn't, you know, you're not thinking about it. But, of course, you're thinking about it. But, but you know, you played when I played. I think, what did, what did Gretz get? 45 or 50 or 51. something? 51. 51. Yeah. That's amazing. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, we were but, just saying. You know what? What a fantastic streak for, for Marner, eh? Like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's been great. People Go ahead, don't know. People People don't know how hard it is. They don't. I know. And I don't know. Like I, I think of the obstacles that you guys would have had to put these type of streaks together in our era and how everything's been skewed towards opening up the game and allowing guys more opportunities, picking their face off in the offensive zone, no changing the D off of icing. I mean, should there not be more superstars doing this? Well, you know what? I, I would say that one of the things that comes into play is schedule. Yeah. You know what? Like, like depending on where you are and how much you have to travel and at that particular time. And I would say that one of the things that definitely in my generation is, is, you know, you're going along and you're on a little roll and all of a sudden one night you break your thumb. And from because to me the biggest difference in the game that I see today on a daily basis is way less slashing, and mm. I, I and I think for the better, for sure. Like like I, I've always I, I have no problem with contact. Obviously, you don't want dirty, but the amount of sl- slashing that is now not in the game really helps guys. It does, and it's a part of the violence that's out, which I like. Um, but just schedule wise, right? It's tough, man. Like you might play four and six. And travel two of them. And it's not, you don't always have the A game. So to put a streak together, you definitely, you know, you, he plays with great players. That helps, of course. You're a team that likes to score. That helps. Um, you got a great power play. That helps. But still, you got to do it on a night to night basis. And that's, you know what? Obviously, it doesn't get done much. So it's fantastic. One of these things that's so impressive and challenging is like, If you're a setup guy, you're relying on your teammates to put the puck away. And Mitch Marner has been really uh, gracious and deflecting to his teammates, putting away chances uh, along the way. Did you have any years of your career where you're like, man, I made more plays this year than I had. I did that year or that year, but I didn't get as many points because your your teammates just aren't able to finish at the same rate. Uh, I mean, yes, of course. It's always (laughs) their fault. Yes, that's right. No, you know what? Like, he plays right now. He plays with the MVP of the league, right? And I've said this. If you listen to any time I ever speak about the goal scorers, the number one thing that they don't get credit for is their brain. Because Austin Matthews has to know when to get open. Mitch Marner can get him the puck, but there's a timing involved. Yes, he's a great shooter. No question. He is. But I think I think his greatest skill is his brain. I think... I play with Brett Hall. I play with Cam Neely. Their best skills were their brains. They knew when the time to be open, and, and that's the hard part. And then you got to be able to shoot it. And, you know, he, I, I would say the one great thing is Mitch Marner knows how to pass the puck correctly. He puts it at the right pace, at the right speed, at the right time, 
So there's, that's why it's a great chemistry. When it comes to uh, just that, that chemistry, and we've seen now Marner more than ever jump on and off with Tavares and Matthews. Um, you had few locks like Holly, um, but is it now that his game is at the point where it really doesn't matter? I mean, this guy is going to, he's going to, he's going to rise to the occasion and he's going to pull players up with him. Is that where he is at this point where it doesn't matter if it is Tavares or, or Matthews? Yes, I would agree with that, Kipper. No question. And I'll, I'll give you a great example, and that's Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. What, no, no matter what, he produces, right? Right. And obviously, they don't have, they don't have the same studs they had a few years ago, and he still figures out a way to produce. And when you watch, I would say one of the greatest compliments for a player is when you watch guys get the puck, they're looking to give it to Mitch. Why? Well, because they know something good's going to happen. And that, that is the ultimate compliment, right? And you see that with a few guys. You know, you see everybody's looking for Panarin. Why? Well, because if you give it to him, you're going to get it back. Same with Cooch, right? Like Kucherov. It's, it's, and all the great ones, you know, Connor, Leon, like they play together. It's fantastic to watch them on a night-to-night basis. And you guys are lucky. You got some stars on your team that are fun to watch, right? And then every single night, something could happen. That's a lot of fun. It is. It's very fun. What, one of the things we see Marner do, and it's something I was hoping to get to ask you about here, is you know the, the guys that go heel to heel now, that 10-2 and two sort of way that Marner can uh, maneuver around the offense. Um, you know, We see that more and more. I know you teach skills. How much of a part is, is skating now in creating offense? I don't know if that's changed over the years or if that's just uh, the way it's always been. Um, I would say, honestly, like we, we do work on that. Uh, me and my coaches, we work on skating, but but we work on it the way you just explained it, right? So Marner has the capability. Like so, so the best way I can explain it is range. His range on his backhand is equal to his forehand. So you know Crosby has that, right? Like mm-hmm. like when you watch a player that can go both directions equally with a full range. So then they're they can run their routes better. They, their vision is better. They see more. Why? Well, if a guy is just as good on his backhand as his forehand, he's going to be able to see everything on his backhand. He's going to be able to escape on his backhand. So that puts in a whole new set of variables that happens in a guy's game shift after shift. And, and Marner, and I would tell you this, that most small guys in our league, Johnny Goudreau, Gooch, Panarin, some of the guys, that is their greatest gift. Eric Carlson, well, because they weren't physical big guys, they had to learn how to do that to keep surviving. And, and obviously he's fantastic at it. No question uh, the expectations from guys like you and Brett Hall were to put up some big numbers, O.T., and I am just ta- uh, want to talk a little bit about uh, Austin Matthews and and maybe some of the pressure he might have felt to live up to that 60-goal MVP season and you know even to draw it a, a comparable to maybe even a, a Brett Hall type when just people expect big numbers. And then what would that have done to you and Paul the pressure on you to help him fulfill those huge expectations. My question to you is, is it possible that Austin Matthews can score 35 or 40 goals this season and it still be a success? No, no. Wow. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I mean, I think that's 
too drastic a difference. Okay. He's not going to score that, that little. 50? Well, I mean, do, do, yeah. Do you, expect, do you expect good numbers? Yes. Um, now, in answer to your question about the pressure, oh, yeah. And obviously, he's in a very difficult market. Um, the good news is he's playing with great players. They have a great power play. So uh, I don't see that happening, barring an injury. So, uh, but you can't be that drastic. You know, you, you, every single guy wants to live up to a certain production. You played with Mess, right? So, like, every single night, Mess wanted to do it too, right? I played against you guys. Like, like, and every night, you know, he brought it no matter what. And I would say... You know, when it comes to Hully, Hully won MVP of the league. He scored 86 goals. And the next year, we had, we added Brendan Shanahan, who was a goal scorer. And that was also a Canada Cup year. So Brian Sutter had gone and uh, been assistant coach. So when he came back, he tweaked our systems. And that affected Hully out of the gate. And so a lot of little variables, like, you know, ice time, responsibilities, having another good goal scorer. Uh, and dual different systems. We didn't get as many power plays. So the first month of the season was a bit of a struggle. And being the MVP, like, no question he felt it. So in answer to your question, for sure, you, you wear that on your shoulders every night. You were one of the best passers in the history of the game. I don't think at times too often that that, that pressure would have forced you to make a pass that you didn't really like to make. But others would. And I think at times I've even watched Morgan Riley try to look for Matthews even on the power play and it's and maybe it's not there or he's forcing it but the pressure I think for others to get these guys the puck is was that the case did you ever see that outside of the pressure that you put upon yourself to 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 put the the perfect pass on Holly's stick were there others out there where you just say hey it's not there no question. I, and I, I think that comes to the territory. There, there's a, there's an underlying pressure to give certain guys the puck. And that's where, you know, like good coaching comes into play in the sense that, okay, yes, he's going to get his shot. You want to try and make the right play at the right time. And yes, if he's open, he wants it. So let's make sure we know when he is open and when he's not open. And, and that's, a, you know, and, and I, I would say I was guilty of that. Of course, you know, you want to get Holly the puck. Um, and maybe there's times I should have shot when I didn't. So I don't think anybody's perfect on that, but very good point. Is that, you know, I actually, I wonder about that on the power play in general. Cause like Mitch Marner is such a great offensive producer, but he went a hundred games without a power play goal at one point this year. He was 25 games without a power play goal. He scores last night and gets, uh, you know, or on Saturday night and gets his first one. When you're a, a passer and people think of you as a passer, I wonder how hard it is to like remind yourself that you can shoot and you can do those things. That's something you had to do consciously. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Very hard, actually. Very hard. And you know, part of it is I know that if I can get Holly the puck right now, he's got a better chance of scoring as opposed to me just turning and trying to shoot it on a goalie who's facing me. Right. Right. Where if I, where if I can get the goalie to move and get it to Holly, that's a way better opportunity. So that's sort of the way guys think about it. But, but to your point, no question. You know, like I, when, um, when I coached the Caps, my first meeting was, with Ovi was, you're going to get a lot of shots, but the power play is not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about us. You're still going to be the guy that gets the most, but I still need, but to your point, I need the other guys to be able to, if it's open, they got to see it too. They're not just, just looking for you. Oh, see, t- 20 years ago, would it have been more, acceptable that 
hey, this guy's a disher. This guy's a playmaker. I mean, do you recall working on your shot or were you always like, uh, I'm, I'm the setup guy. And today, you know, would a guy that's known for being a passer spend a lot more time on his shot today than, than some guys would have 20 years ago? Yeah, I think you're right. I do. Did you work um, on your shot thinking that not, you, you not, needed to? Not, not nearly enough, but, uh, but to your point, for sure. Yeah, like, and the funny thing is the goaltending is so good now that you still need those opportunities. And, you know, like you want to make the right decision at the right time. And so when you think of like offense, obviously power plays, number one. Number two is entering the zone. Do you enter the zone with numbers? Because that's an odd man situation. And then five on five hockey is very difficult, right? You got to create these little mini two on ones, openings, rebounds. How do you go to the net? So for me, it's volume of shots. It's not, it's not working on your shot. And obviously there are a few guys in the league that have a special shot. Yeah, that's, that's their number one weapon. But still, it's volume of shots. You need lots of shots. And those guys get them, don't they? Oh, yeah. You know, thinking about what you do, it's it's got to be challenging to take great players and teach them. Is it a weird place to be in? Or do you find guys very receptive? Do you find you're able to make gains? It's a, it's a fascinating thing to those of us who never had those God-given skills to contemplate that Tiger Woods had a, a swing coach. You know, is that a, a tough spot to make gains? You know what? No. No, these no. guys... These guys, well, these guys are elite, right? And the elite want more. They want more. They want, give me 1% more. Look at Tom Brady. He wants to play. Look at Chara. He wants to play. Yager. Like, we want more, right? We, we want one more. And you know what the great ones do? That's one of the reasons they're great to begin with. They, growing up, they obviously, they had skills that they developed, but they, they've always been able to rise and keep it going. So to me, the guys that I work with, it's always, they're, they're very dedicated. They don't, they don't get to this point and all of a sudden relax. No, no, they want more. And that's very challenging for me, and I enjoy that. We're talking to Adam Oates, NHL great and president of Oates Sports Group. So, Oatesy, let me get this straight then. You're, you're perfectly fine with the iPads on the bench and after the shift, burying their heads right into that. Ooh. That's a different question. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different question. Because there, there's a part of me that I, I don't like it, but I, I'd love to get your thoughts. I, I'm the same as you. I, I, I'm 50-50 where, for example, if I was on the power play and Chris Chelio stopped me and I could go to the bench and on a commercial I could look at it and I could realize, oh, my, I had way more time than I thought. I think that would help me. But to do it just for the sake of doing it, I think that's a waste of time and it's grandstanding. Yeah. But, I, if, but, if, there's, but if there's strategic things, like let's say, let's say we blow a face-off and they score a goal, and all of a sudden you can correct that on the bench with a little uh, reminder on an assignment. I think, it's, I think it's productive. As long as it's done right, it's information, right? Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, it's, if yeah. it's done right. Yeah. What's hard is like watching the game as information too. I just, right? I just think it, yes, it, it, is. it, it, it disconnects, it di- disconnects you from what's going on in the present. And, you know, we're also talking about a play much like a snowflake. There's no two plays that ever are the same. That's why I like it for special teams. There's patterns right? on special teams. And, 
you know, just to your point, you know, do you need to physically see it on a video that you had more time? Like you got four coaches there and, you know, can someone not see that you had way more time and just share it with you? I, I just think I, I love, I love players wanting to get better and they're, they're like sponges. Um, but, you know, I, I think once you come off the bench, there's teammates there, there's coaches there. It just disconnects yeah, you a little bit more from, from being on a team instead of, you know, focusing on your, your individual play. That that's my only point. Yeah, I, like I said, no, no, I, I I agree with you. Like I think, I think that, like I said, it's got to be very selective because I also think it's got a fakeness to it because you're not really digesting some of that information. Um, and but you also look at this generation. Everybody walks around with their cell phones buried their head in their cell phone nowadays, aren't they? Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I got to take a call. People, people, people are driving, looking at their phone. Like people are crossing crosswalks, looking at their phone. I mean, it's, it is a bit of this generation. Um, so these guys are used to it, which, which obviously for you and me, that that's irritating. But I do, like I said, I like once in a blue moon, if I was coming off and I thought something and I wanted to look at it real quick, if I couldn't, like if I said, Hey Kipper, did you see that play? No, I missed it. All right, then I might want to look. But if yeah. I said, hey, were you open? Yes, I was. You were? Oh, man, I didn't see you, man. Yeah. You know, like, so, like, like, so if, it's, if it's done correctly, I, I think it's okay. If we're just uh, doing it on autopilot, and because yeah. obviously we all know some guy's going to make a mistake. He's going to look at that and make the same mistake next shift. So it's not like he's fixing anything, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so once again, if it's done correctly, uh, I, I think it can be productive, but – to your point, yeah, you don't want to disconnect from the game. No. OT, I, I always uh, enjoy listening to you. I loved our times together on Hockey Night in Canada. I always caught myself going, wow, you know, every time you spoke, uh, felt like I, I learned something, and uh, today's no different. Thanks for doing this, pal. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, OT. Adam Oates, NHL great, president of Oates Sports Group. He does a, a ton individually, and there is that fine line uh, if I can recall, I don't know whether it was last year or the year before. It was Chris Kreider, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Zabanajad. Yeah. And Zabanajad's going to the iPad, or the, and he takes it, <laughs> and he chucks it. Tom Brady style. And I just thought that was really cool. And I, I think it actually happened again in a later game, or they went out and scored after that. It, it, I know exactly what you're talking about. Here's my proposal to you. Yeah. You can look at it if the coach brings it to you and says, hey, you missed something here. Here's, here's the play on that power play. You guys are going, you're missing the seam look. Look, every time you go to the point, there's a seam, but you can't initiate it by getting it yourself. Plus, Nylander's up to uploading TikToks during the game, I've noticed. Here's, here's, what, here's what I'm <laughs> proposing. <laughs> here's what I'm proposing. You wait until in between periods. No. Okay? The game is about mistakes. Mistakes yeah, make less create of offense. Mistakeless games are boring. Okay. I we want, want boring if I'm a coach. Yeah, I know. But we're in the entertainment, right? <laughs> yeah. And I know there's times when I'm about winning and mm-hmm. what's what makes the players and the coaches successful. But I want... 
I want to see players think for themselves mm-hmm. instead of thinking that they are they've got the answer in an in a tablet. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Sam, they can't use laser finders on the PGA Tour for distance, right? Correct. Like there is a history of leagues limiting technology and saying, "Figure it out." That's part of the game is figuring out the opposition, finding the patterns. So there's some merit. I, you know, I don't disagree with the the concept. I don't know that it's changing things and that it's making teams that much better. I actually think it's probably fairly ineffective because uh, it was you. You just said the snowflake thing. You know, there's there's plays just don't develop the same way. No. You're like, oh, I missed them on that two and one. Next time you get another two and one like that, like it doesn't really happen like that. Doesn't. So the education can wait till after the game, and I'm not sure those guys are getting ahead anyway. I, so, I mean, you break uh, you break the tie for us. Tablets or no tablets on the bench? I love what you guys are saying and agree. But if I'm playing in my beer league game tonight and I go off and there's a tablet of my shift, I'm 100% watching. Yeah, but nobody else is. Right. And you well, know, you're also... If I'm in the NHL I'm, and they have the you technology... You really want to see yourself on film? 100%. 100%. I would just, it would just it would become <laughs> habitual. It's a screen. Like Here's it's, the thing. You, I, I'd be addicted to it, guaranteed. You only have so many attention points to give, right, Kipper? So if you're watching the screen to evaluate your own yes. moment, you're missing the opportunity to evaluate your, yes. uh, your teammates' moments and be the guy who says next time your teammate comes, hey, every time you take it down the right side, that D is coming across and stepping yeah. up. You know, like you're missing the chance to help your teammates... And learn yourself. But this is where it's all been funneled to. Like, when you think about now today's player. I hate my phone. Do you? I, I just hate that it makes me look at it. Yeah. When, my, when <laughs> we don't have the me. internet, it's amazing. Maybe you don't look at it all day except on our show. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's making me feel bad now. The thing. Hold on for a second. I got, I got a thought and I just want to fill, okay, finish it out. Go for it. That everything is skewed now towards like this individual stuff. Yeah. I would bet today's player has spent more time with individual coaches collectively than he ever has with team coaches. Like over the course of the year or something, or even in season? From year to year. Yeah. Like they've got more skating coaches and uh, fitness coaches, and Mm -hmm. everything's geared towards their game individually. Yeah. And it's it's away from one head coach sending 20 messages. They're used to one coach for one message to you and your game. But then you've got that one head coach that has Mm -hmm. to send 20 messages. And it's less about that than it is about individual skills now today. I actually think that this feeds into a greater point about the lack of team like when you thought of the New York Islanders teams that won four cups in a row, that yeah. was a group of people that you were like, who's on the Islanders? And you're like, yeah. oh, it's Bossy and it's, you know, Potvin and Gillies and Bourne and all, all those names. But now with the salary cap, if you're good like the Lightning, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning of, of this dynasty are like four guys in my mind, right? It's like Hedman and Stamkos and Kucherov. You know, Vasilevsky, it's it's a handful of guys. It's not a collective team because you have to ship guys out every time. Yeah, yeah. Goodrow and Coleman were part of it, but we can't afford them anymore. And so it's all individualized, Kipper, the point you're making where guys have to look out for themselves because they're expendable. 
They're not a part of a team anymore. You know, unless you're one of the great players in the league, you're not a part of the team. And that's, you know, this Toronto Maple Leafs team is the four guys, Riley, not even the goalies. And if you're the other guys, you're just the other guys. And so I don't think there is yeah. this sense of team like there used to be. And there is an emphasis still with uh, with the Leafs particularly. I know at times players got a little tired after a team practice, but they would be uh, pushed towards the other ice at, uh, at their practice facility yeah, to go and work with their skills coach. Right? Yeah, usually uh, they'd be broken up into groups. And so I used to make up the itinerary. Yeah. And, and, and you'd, each guy would go to a collection of people for 15 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes. And then team practice would start. And team practice might be 30 minutes. And, you know, before the ice, there's an hour or so of people jumping around. Yeah. yeah. It, I, it's, I mean, practice was team practice and, and, and then practice was over. Right. And then we'd go for liquid lunch. <laughs> I'm not sure that was better. But the individualized stuff is not grueling or taxing so much as just... You know, an education and, you know, reps on one specific thing. But All right, on our YouTube channel, Sportsnet put up a, a question. What do you think? Tablets on the bench or, or no tablets on the bench? And I'm going to press no tablets on the bench. <laughs> and I'm going to see 66% say Yes, tablets on the bench. Yeah. Well, people are literally watching this on their tablet, so. <laughs> You're at a pro screen audience here. Don't take away my tablet. Um, something that Oates said that I loved was guys that play on the backhand and him talking about the range on the backhand. Oh, God, Tricidal. I love backhand, guys. That's It's just, you know, reminds me of Sundin playing on the backhand so much. He's such a weapon. And Sid, obviously, on the backhand, so good. Marner, and that's something that Marner has improved is his play on the backhand. And he God. talked about it with the the range was an interesting way to put that. What do you use for a curve? Do you have a backhand? Uh, it's pretty, it's like a very stock. I love a hook. Like, I like oh, a no. good, no, solid, no like the, I, the coffee of the Sherwood PMP coffee curve was my jam. But so then, what, a curve halfway through your stick? Yeah, like a, just a mid-curve. Yeah. Actually, like a toe, a good toe on it, too. Ugh, I really like that. that. But uh, your forehand is I was useless. heel curve. Oh, yeah, like a wedge? like a, Yeah. Yeah, I hated but that. But I could get a but backhand up. most people like that. I think, yeah. And I so got, I, I got uh, enough of a flat uh, blade yeah. to go uh I could go in. directly up. Like if I could, in tight, I could get under it. But yeah, like making a backhand sauce or something, I was pretty yeah. useless at um, I saw Luke uh, Gazdick did a video. Yeah, that was cool. About and it just showed the difference in <laughs> Drysidle's played yeah. and, and McDavid. And McDavid. Right? It's like they're using a different piece of machinery. It's a completely different thing. Like, yeah, he's using a tennis racket. It's a, out there. Yeah, the burger flipper yeah. is what he called it. Um, yeah. It's insane. Right. Couple of things. I know we're going to wrap up here soon. Uh, I know you, we brought up the Jordan Bennington, uh, but it got to a point where his whole his own head coach, uh, Craig Bruby, uh, weighed in on that. Just your overall thoughts on Jordan Bennington and then I think he's a punk. Bruby uh, coming I in. I think he's a punk. I do. Like, you know, like even on my Why, team. He's, not, he's, he's clearly not tough enough to, no. to go around there and start picking That's fights. That's why it's hilarious to try to get in the lane of a stall brother and yeah. then just be like blown to bits. And yeah, that's, that's kind of how it works. I think... No comment. I think I'm no okay. No comment, how? Huh? Oh, is it Owen Sound guy he, or something? Only championship Owen Sound's ever won was with him and Net. So okay. nothing but bad good things. What happens now is that if uh, if he starts going to it so often, then yeah. it 
it's not it's a shtick. Yeah, you like a player, right? a competitive guy, but not a not guy. A who's... And not only a competitive guy, but it, it has to be sincere. Yeah. And it has to come from um a real place. True anger for a reason. Not not again, like it's it's part of your thing now. Yeah. And that's where he's at. And I'm glad Craig Berube called him out. Uh we have the quote, I believe. Here. I'm sure um, I'm sure. It was already done behind the scenes, uh, but that's next level stuff for Bruby to actually say it publicly that uh, he just needs to focus on yeah. doing his job first. It's got to stop. It doesn't help we anything. Have, we literally have the audio. Yeah, oh, let's hear it. Well, that sounds better than yeah. me saying there you it. Go. Well, is this a case of Jordan just getting frustrated there yeah. tonight? Yeah, pretty much. And it's got to stop. Mm. Would you, would you that like- doesn't help anything. Pardon me? It doesn't help anything. Yeah, would you like him to just to be more yeah, even keel on us? Just play goal. Stop the fuck. <laughs> I love Craig that, But that's every coach in the league who says that. Just stop it. I don't care what else. Just stop it, okay? doesn't strike me as the guy I'd want to have angered at me, Craig Berube. <laughs> doesn't seem like that would be a ton of fun to have him pissed off at you. No. no. Yeah. Um, speaking of coaches, uh, Looks like Tortorella's settling in nicely, eh, with the Philadelphia Flyers with his... You guys ask dumb questions. Did yeah, you catch I, that? I did catch it. And you know what? I thought that we was stuck. stupid, too. We haven't forechecked. We haven't done anything. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, if, if people are asking stupid questions, I'm fine with them getting called out. The question was like, to what do you ascribe the loss? You know, there was, it was not a well, dumb was, question. Yeah, the effort, I think. Were you okay with the effort was the was last the question, up, yeah. I think. But and the that, first part was like, you know, why do you guys, why do you think you guys lost you yeah. know, or something? And then like, you know, were you okay with the effort? Yeah. But well, are those dumb questions? He has, a, he has a way of attracting the attention. And I don't know if that takes away other attention. And to a certain ext- extent, Philly kind of knew they weren't very good. They did. And when you go and get a guy like Tortorella. Yeah. This is what you paid for. You paid for the, those theatrics. Of oh, him. then get the out of here then. This is what you pay for. Yeah. And this is what happens when a GM doesn't believe or doesn't recognize that his team just needs to bottom out peacefully and, you know, is trying to prove that the team is better than people think, right? Because Torts is a notorious ring the last drop out of every guy guy. He's not a go peacefully through the night you know, uh, Charlie Montoya while, Montoya while the Jays are struggling type of manager. So they... They suck. They suck. They suck. They suck bad. Yeah, Crystal Lainan's having a yeah, terrible just, year for them. Yeah. Why did they sign him? I don't know. D'Angelo's what was the point? turnover machine. I, truly, though, I think it's Fletcher who thinks we're not that bad. We're closer than people think. And they're not. They're bad. There has to be an element, though, that... Uh, you know, for Chuck Fletcher to he's got to be to think that I'm not allowed to be bad. I'm not allowed to right. send that message out. You look in the stands; it's not Philadelphia Flyer uh, history uh, where it's an automatic. You're going to sell out, right? And there's plenty of competition with the Phillies and other dollars that are going out. And yeah, we got to look like we're in the race. I uh, I can't. I'm just looking for the the tweet right now, but it was like, 
you know, you look at the teams in Philadelphia and the 76ers trade for James Harden, who's an MVP, and Trey Turner just signs with the Phillies. 300 million? 300 schmills. Oh, pretty, my God. Pretty decent. Ele- 11 years, $300 million. Takes him to the age what, of 40? Yeah, it takes him to the age of 40. Not bad. And is he a fast guy? He's a oh, he's a nasty baseball player. He's really good. Shortstop, great hitter. Yeah, quick, super duper fast. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, five, that's the first thing. Vintage to go. five tool guy. You know, Eagles making big moves in this offseason. The uh, the Flyers go out and get Justin Braun and Nick Delorier. You know, like it's just like come in the city. They're losing right. that grip on on people there. And all right, uh, on the weekend also, our Elliot Friedman reporting that uh, Brock Besser now has uh, him and his agent. Uh, have been granted permission to shop around. I'm like, hold on for a second. You just signed this guy three years, almost Six 20 mil million, plus, yeah. almost 20 million. And now, like, you want to get rid of him? They don't and have a plan. N- not only do you, no, like, when I hear that an agent has permission to go shop around, that's when the team goes, I don't know, well, we're out of ideas. Yeah. We're totally out of our de- ideas. We've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. And I'm sitting there going, you just signed him to $20 million. You signed him. You signed Miller. And is it really the job of the agent now to find go find a, a deal? Isn't that what you have a general manager for, Pat uh, Patrick Alvin? Isn't yeah. that his job? Or how about this one? Uh you have Cassie uh, or Cami uh, uh, Granado. She's yeah. an assistant general manager. You've got um, Emily uh, Castingay. Castingay. Yeah. She's a, a man. Like, wh- where's your hockey department to go find this trade? What are you asking an agent to go out and shop? The worst part is, you know, how are they going to get any return for a guy like Besser? Besser, I don't know if he's 26, something like that. A guy who can shoot it in the net. I know he can't stay healthy and all that, but is he, they're not going to get any return kipper. They got the agent out shopping for deals. His his underlying numbers, frankly, look terrible. He's got he's, four goals in 19 games. In a, having a bad year. The on-top numbers don't look very good either. So yeah, so someone's going to buy him for cheap. Dash 13 so far. If someone buys then, him at all. And then this whole thing where he... No return coming he, for the Canucks. He there. was supposed to be a healthy scratch Saturday Oof, night. Bad luck, man. On a night that uh, was very emotional for him. How are they so oblivious? With uh, the, the Rutherford and uh, Boudreau disconnect all season. So I'm not, even, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even sure if, if like there's there's a sense that Patrick Alvin didn't even know that Bruce Boudreau was going to scratch him, and they must have gone to Boudreau and been like, "Hey, bud, like, you know, I forget where I heard this today." Damn it, I heard it somewhere too. But like, uh, you know, when all the uh, the Swedes started for the Leafs on Borja Salming's night, the Canucks played. They got a bunch of Swedes who sat in the bench. They didn't, you know, Boudreau was un- kind of unaware of the meaning of that night. And I understand that's a greater thing and yeah. that it's a road game, but still. Yeah, I, don't think, kinda... I don't know. I don't think the le- uh, the visiting team that has no association with Borja Salming I just needs don't think to it's that hard dress. to start Elias Pettersson. Yeah, I, I, listen. Yeah, I, it's, I, I just, know. It's, that, it's, it's a lot it's, less for me to worry for about sure. uh, th- th- them starting Swedes on on that type of night. Fair enough. But I, I just I just look at this organization and I go, it's just one disaster after another. It seems since they've started this season. And like, what what's next then? You know, like the it's a decade of like we're pretty close and like the OEL trade trying to get you know him and Garland in it's now. Explosion Garland. time. 
It's well, explosion. Garland's day. making five whatever, and they're going to they, scratch him. Did, I think they did they, scratch him the other they've night. They've tried so hard to get rid of him. Garland, yeah. Yes. So there's another guy you're going to get no return for because right of his now. contract. It's just really tough. And what are Besser's numbers? Four goals in 19 games. Minus 13. And, I mean, he is a 25-30 goal scorer, is he not? Yeah, I don't think he's ever scored 30 only because he gets 29, hurt. 29, 27. Yeah, 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 stuff like that. It's because he gets hurt. But, yeah, he's on. He's a guy whose pace is consistently that of a 30-goal guy. Besser makes $6.65 million yeah. per season. For two more years. It's two more years. Contract, man. It's a bad contract. Yeah, I mean, not a bad buy low guy if, if, if you're looking to take a risk. Is he... Uh, you, you've criticized the uh, the Leafs' left wing. Is this someone no, you want? No, thank you. No. No hard pass for the boys? I just think... Uh, I don't think he's got the the wheels to kind of skate with the Leafs. Yeah, well, certainly don't want that contract and can't have that contract. Oh. All right. Figured oh. out nothing. We good? <laughs> yeah, Derek, I think are we, we have running to go out of time? Or is, we is, go. Were the band's playing? Our thanks to Shane O'Brien and Adam Oates today. We're back tomorrow. Justin Bourne, Nick Kiprios. Have a good one, everybody.